Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 137 of the Creative Snoring Podcast. That's right. The old Junkmeister just got back. I am a little bit jet-lagged still. Uh, I have been back in California for less than uh, 48 hours, less than 24 hours, actually, and uh, already regretting some of my choices. If you do find me falling asleep during this episode, since I'm severely jet lagged, uh, go ahead and give me a text. I'll try to wake up and make the rest of it interesting. But uh, let's get into this show. Let's get into this episode. Call that an introduction? No, I certainly do. Hey, welcome everybody. Before I blast your eardrums and my eardrums out, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, like I said, episode one thirty-seven. Uh, first and foremost, thank you, Patreons. Oh yeah, I don't know this. I must have left this music in from last week. I got in and all. I I literally published the episode last week and hopped my ass on an aeroplane out of the state and so this week and Wiggins hopped his booty on an aeroplane to Germany out of the country and uh, left all this stuff up and I was coming in here tonight to record Uh, just got like I said just have been here for less than 24 hours a little over 24 now came in to record and I was like oh all this stuff is left up from last week even you know well I won't get into what was left up but anyway uh yeah, last week's episode is still kicking it here, and I was like, wow, I threw it right in the hopper and bailed. So this week is going to be a repeat of last week. I'm just going to say the exact same thing over and over because that's always awesome. Um, no, uh, I actually, there's a lot of cool stuff that happened, and uh, I think it's about time we talk about it. And I have not fully looked into all the stuff that happened this week. Uh, you know, I barely had time to research the show today, uh, you know, while I was at work. Yeah, there's going to be some of those. I might, I might actually have to edit some of this out, but I'll leave that one in for just for fun's sake. But um, yeah, while uh, you know, I was at work today, um, thinking of stuff I could talk about, and and actually over over my vacation, I was actually thinking of all the great stuff I could bring you and all the news. Um, I'd like to report uh, that I had a, learned a couple things and gained some insights from my travels recently, and uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But um, yeah, I did want to say that on this episode, we're probably going to talk about um, some flat track results. I may have some time to look those up and see what the pros ran and what the hooligans ran. There was a hooligan triple crown this weekend um, at the chip and Sturgis and all that great stuff was happening this year or, you know, this, uh, this last week. So, uh, may talk about that. You all know there's a new Harley Davidson coming out. Cause I think, uh, we talked about that, but there's a ne- another one that I think somebody on a forum might've, uh, I might have seen something else that wasn't announced in their nice little video. I'm, I might talk about that. Also, I'm going to talk to you about the future of electricity. Turns out electricity is going to be battery powered. <laughs> it's going to be solar powered. Uh, what would the future electricity? I mean, electric vehicles. And I got some electric vehicles that are coming out. First, I uh, would like to talk a little bit about some insights that I gained over my trip. Now, last year they actually used uh, Instagram and several key celebrities that are apparently uh, big motorcyclists. The only one I knew was Rusty Butcher because he actually is a motorcyclist and a goods maker. Wow, they did use Rusty Butcher because he's a motorcyclist and a goods maker. And I just want to say, have you seen since last week's Harley Davidson crazy news popped up and they had their crazy video that's a... you know, talking about all the new great stuff that's going to be happening. Have you seen the new one? They actually did use Rusty Butcher's hooligan hill climb footage, and I saw some pictures of um, Wiggins's ex teammate Josh Slay on there, and of course Mark Atkins is in the. Uh, I think it's Live Freer. Um, the other one that they released was called the More Roads to Harley or something like that, and this a new one was called Live Freer, and. Um, yeah, it's got a whole bunch of the SoCal people in it, and it's probably got some 
Uh, I didn't, you know, I already forget who's in it. I'm so jet lagged. I don't even know if I really even watched it. I might be making this whole thing up. Well, chimpy chimps. Hey, listen, everybody. I had a great trip to the East Coast and uh, Virginia, where I was staying, and I got a, a whole bunch of insights that I, I wanted to talk a little bit about. Totally forgot about this factor, the rain. Um, <clears throat> the rain can come out of nowhere, and all the other podcasts that I listen to, most of them uh, are on the East Coast, at least a lot of them are, and uh, other ones are in the Pacific Northwest, and they're always talking about the weather and the rain, the inclement weather, and I know how fast these uh, Eastern and you know, in, anywhere west of the Rockies, or uh, you get, we don't get that much rain. We have like a six-week winter, right? But uh, it rains all year round, and it's really humid, especially in uh, places east of that. And in Virginia, over uh, this last week, I experienced that firsthand, and I know how fast these things can come up and sneak up on a person because my cousin has got stuck, struck by lightning. And uh, I remember riding quads one time, out in the middle of the forest, and the next thing you know, we're just like uh, cruising along in the 80-degree heat one second and in a torrential downpour the next. And it got a little cooler, but what I experienced this week was that it didn't really get that much cooler before it rained. It's nice that the the rain comes down and breaks up the humidity a little bit and uh, cools you off, but uh, the heat is still there. And when I'm, when I'm listening to these other shows and they're talking about rain gear and this and that, I always forget about that because here in SoCal, I mean, it's like 105 and uh, half the state is on fire right now. And there's like zero humidity in the air. But uh, we got caught out there a couple of times and we're sitting around uh, barbecuing. And my wife and I also went out to dinner one night or one afternoon, actually, and we weren't like five minutes out of the building and all of a sudden, you know, the thunder and just this crazy torrential downpour that started out a few drops here and there. And we're like, yeah, we can make it. And we start kind of jogging down the street. And the next thing you know, it was coming down. Cats and dogs. I almost stepped into poodle, folks. And uh, anyway, yeah, I ended up buying my wife a jacket because she had a white T-shirt on and she didn't want to be in an involuntary wet t-shirt contest. So, uh, yeah, I went and got her a little, a little jacket to cover up. And I was thinking about everybody that always talks about, they didn't have their rain gear and they didn't have, uh, this and that. And I'm looking at people riding around. I don't know if there's a helmet law in Virginia, but everybody that I saw had a helmet on and there's only a couple dudes. You think you can guess Harley? Yep. Most of them Harley riders or cruiser riders. Um, that didn't actually have full gear on and a lot of them full rain gear. And I'm thinking, now I get it. Now I get why everyone says I had my rain gear in my bags or like on my tank bag or whatever, or I just wore, you know, whatever underneath the, the little like liner. I didn't have my liner in, you know, I get it and I get it. And, uh, and, uh, I experienced a few things whilst there. One was the crazy rainstorms. The other one was the future of mobility. And I think Wiggins and I talked about this a little bit last week. And there's also something I plan on going to, uh, this next coming week at the Peterson, um, talking about that. And it's, uh, this dude cruising around on an electric one wheel little thing. It was not, not like a, um, not like one of those one wheels. It's like a skateboard, but it was like one of those little crazy things that looks like a little briefcase that goes between your legs. That's what and, she said. And uh, just cruising around on that. I think there was a robot like that on the Thundercats or something that had like one wheel and a little kid rode it around. I'm, I don't remember. But anyway, sci- all sci-fi aside, uh, I got a little bit of an insight to the kind of things that you guys have to plan for. And when you're out there in the rain or riding around in general, and it's like 95 degrees, (laughs) you still have to have your rain gear. And, uh, it makes me want to do a little episode on some, on gear or something like that. Talk about, um, you know, just being prepared, I guess. And, uh, God, just like riding through the, uh, the rainforest, I couldn't think of anything less pleasant. Uh, the only thing I can think of that was less pleasant was the fact that, uh, I don't know, the toll roads back there. I mean, it was so confusing riding around seeing what was a toll and what wasn't. Out here, we have express lanes. And even if you're a carpooler on some of them, uh, even though there's like more than uh, two people in your car, you need um, a little fast tracker thing that pays your toll for you when you cross through. And some of the times... Uh, that fast track stuff is just for single people that want to be in the carpool lane. So it can be confusing out here, but it's really like, uh, 
there's a lot of signage and everything that tells you. And it always says usually motorcycles. Okay. Or it'll say everybody needs a fast track, you know, and they'll tell you how to stick it on your motorcycle. So it's really weird. Um, but the thing is, is back there, I didn't know what everything, literally everything seemed like a toll road. And I don't know how you get around the city. Uh, I was outside of Washington DC a little bit and the mo- the least confusing thing I did was take the Metro or take the ride. I guess they call it the rail into the, uh, like the national mall and go visit the Smithsonian and stuff. It was berserkoid. And I couldn't think of like, I'm glad somebody was there that lived there that I was with. And, uh, we rode around because I would have got lost. I would have had, I would have owed about $7,000 in toll road fines. And I would have been cruising with the sunroof open thinking I was like hot shot. And then the next thing I know I would have been just in a, basically an aquarium. The car would have been full of rain. So, uh, it explains why it's so nice and beautiful and green out there. And uh, it explains why why California is so dry and why we can plan for the wet season here because we know when it's coming. We It's the six weeks between maybe the end of December or the beginning of January and like the end of February. And we get like little drizzle, 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 or the weather gets cloudy. And then we get a little drizzle and then the rain and then a little drizzle and it goes away. There, it was just like, hey, dudes, uh, I'm going to go ahead and open up a bucket and pour it on your face. Right. Thanks. Love the sky. Hashtag. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever the hashtag is. I think I'm still jet lagged, but, um, but yeah, totally a lot of insights that I got from there. And, uh, the commuting, it's hard to describe the commuting around there. I do want to talk about the, uh, the little guy on the scooter thing and how that relates to, the, the future of mobility. And I think I'm going to wait to do that until after I go to this little seminar at the Peterson and, uh, actually learn more myself about the, uh, the future of mobility and what it means. And, uh, also that thing was electric. So I wonder how that thing is going to fare in the rain. Um, so yeah, anyway, let's get on to the next part of the show before I lose it. <laughs> Hey there, listeners. This is Patreon subscriber Narissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Creative Writing Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good looking. Hey, everyone. This is Liza from the Motorcycles and Mistress Podcast. And when I am getting a root canal or something else really just painful and shitty, I like to listen to the Creative Writing Podcast because the best way to fight pain is with pain. That's right, Liza Pants. And hey, if you want to hear some cool updates from Liza and Naked Jim on their trip down here that they had oh a couple months ago now, right? Uh, you can go ahead and listen to Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. I have been uh, catching up to them on Stitcher. I have not listened to them for a couple weeks now. So I got to binge listen to about four or five episodes today at work. They didn't like it too much because I was blasting it over the... Uh, loudspeaker at this in the surgery department uh, while doctors are trying to perform delicate heart surgeries on robots. I have no idea what I'm saying. I'm so beeping out of it. But anyway, this great and crazy thing, which I saw the future of while I, whilst I was in Virginia, goes a little bit something like this. Uh, I, ha- I, I saw the future of electric fueling, and I don't know if you can call it fueling, but it is because even though it's electric, it's getting stuff into your car. It's not fuel. I, I guess electric charging. And um, so, yeah, basically, let's compare this to gas. And let's compare the time that it takes. You know, we had uh, our friend uh, Electron John, we'll call him, on the show a couple months ago, I guess it was. And uh, he kind of talked to, talked to us about electronic technology that exists and, like, charging times and this and that and how, kind of how it works, the basics of how it works. And while I was there, I got to go check out a, uh, I don't know, like an office building where they develop electric chargers and they do they're working on technology and infrastructure and they've got several different types lined up and i got to see the future and it looks a lot like gasoline to be honest 
the electric charging stations, unless they're the old kind that have like the little skinny plugs that you plug in for like six hours, those uh, kind of look like if you were alive in the 80s. If you were made in the 80s, you probably won't remember this, but your parents will because they probably went to these places. But the drive-in movies. Um, when I was a kid, I'd go to the drive-in movies or to uh, swap meets that use drive-in movie theaters. And I think they probably still have drive-in movie theaters. And before there was the option to tune into a radio station and blast it on your sweet Kenwood audio uh, sound system or whatever they make nowadays in cars, um, your Harman Kardon, Harley Davidson sound system, you would basically get these crazy speakers that were like a little bit worse than the speakers that a semi trucker had in the cab of their rig to hear other people talking to them on the old brake box there. And you would hang these things in your windows of your car and listen to the movie. <laughs> and it sounded like bad AM radio basically coming in. And that's kind of what these old, uh, these, six-hour chargers kind of look like. They they come on little posts. You, they're in your parking lot, probably of your work might have some. You plug them in for six hours. And those are like a work and charge sort of thing. Maybe smaller companies have them. Maybe you have them in your home. And I think those are called like the level twos or something like that. And uh, yeah, those are long-term. Got to let your car maybe charge up uh, if you commute a long way to work you let it charge up while you're at work and then you drive home not so good for multiple use cars not so good for quick charging the other other ones that i saw look a lot like uh modern you know the current gas station pumps even with the hoses up high and you know why they put the hoses up so high on gas pumps the ho- uh, these because if you had a, if you were an old person, this was described to me by someone who is helping to design these things. If you're an old person and you had to lift like a 20 foot bundle of cord off the ground, you know how hard that would be to lift it up to your car. So even gas pumps, that's why they hang high, and that's why they bother to pump everything up to the top so that it'll run down into your, you know, into the tank. Is because the hose is a lot easier to manipulate when it's hanging. Uh, turn it around, and if it's stiff or any of that stuff, it's just a little bit easier. Where if it were on the ground and you had to do that, A, you probably wouldn't be able to lift it into your car. B. Junkie, wake up. Junkie, wake up. Junkie! Oh my God, oh my God, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, I dozed off. I was having a dream about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I was eating it on an airplane. So sorry. Uh, but yeah, I digress. Uh, talking about the, the pumps, that's why they have them up there. And on the electrics, they have them up there as well. And everything looked exactly the... Junkie! Oh my God, I'm here. I'm here. I am so sorry. Okay. All right. Well, maybe let's not talk about boring stuff like electric, except for that that's what my whole next thing was going to be about. Okay. I'm telling myself here, I'm... I'm uh, I'm in the producer booth pointing back at myself, telling myself to roll on with this electric thing and segue into the electric motorcycle stuff. Well, okay. So basically, I think what's happening here with these electric chargers is that it's gonna they look a lot like gas chargers or gas pumps. They function the same way, all the way from the position of the hoses, which I never thought about before with gas pumps, all the way to the crazy gross displays that you can use to play reality TV or Dr. Phil, or clips of the news, gas station TV, or whatever they call it. Everything looks pretty much exactly the same as a petrol pump, and so I think it's going to be making the future transition a lot easier. Going back to my rant at the beginning of the show, a lot of cultures have had this happen where other cultures come in, they want them to adopt the new ways, so they take similar themes and they just say, hey, I noticed that you already used this symbol. Well, hey, guess what? So do we. And it kind of means this. See how it's kind of close to what you're saying? Or, you know, they'll say, they'll tell them how dumb they are and how everything ties in. So, all you people that are already using gas pumps, hey, it's all, I mean, it's pretty much like the same. And all you dum dums that are still out there riding horses, well, You'll be run over by an electric car soon enough because you won't be able to hear it. All right, let's uh, use that as a segue to move on to some other stuff that I uh, found over the weekend and read prolifically. All right, all right. Are you ready for some crazy news, baby? Well, 
I've been reading a lot of electric news lately just because I've been making a lot of electric friends. And do you know who's coming out with an electric motorcycle? Oh my God, you've heard? We talked about it on the show? That's right, my friends. Italian Volt. You never heard of Italian Volt? Wow, that song was appropriately named uh, Gelato. Well, Italian Volt is a company that made, they're from Milan, or from Italy. That's a great, that would be a great name, Italian Volt, and they're made like, I don't know, in in uh, Andalusia. Where is that? I don't know. Anyway, so they made their way, uh, debut at the Goodwood Festival of Speed this year, and uh, I got to tell you, uh, for all the stuff that Chris was bagging on the zeros for, the square tubing and all the other stuff that I don't really honestly remember. I mean, I seen a zero in the wild and it looked pretty good to me, although it wasn't, it was a supermoto one and I didn't notice the square tubing. But uh, there's another company coming out. Frankly, they're going to be giving Harley Davidson a run for their money. A lot of people talking about the live wire, of course, and uh, I've made a promise to myself not to talk about the stuff that we talked about last week, this week. So the only reference I'm going to be making is the fact that this thing kind of looks like it could give the Harley a run for its money style-wise. It already kind of looks like a Harley Davidson. Um, I do have to say that the rear end looks disgusting. It looks like a caterpillar and some sort of vegetable made love. But other than that, the bike is kind of modular, and it looks like they have a sport bike or Street Fighter front end on one, uh, clip-on cafe racer, um, you know, live wire on the other. And the motor is big and fat, and it looks like they have dual motors running in parallel, or dual battery packs, I should say, running in parallel. Um, they pr- pretty much all use the same, probably 72-volt uh, motor or something like that. But it's got Olin's suspension. Um, no, well, I don't know if they've got Olin's suspension. Um it looks like Olin's to me. It's got inverted forks. It's got a really big, cool swing arm, kind of like, uh, I promise I wouldn't talk about Harley Davidson, but I, I got to tell you, a little bird took a picture of something and sent it to me, and I got to talk about it. And this bike kind of looks like a, uh, a Harley Davidson uh, a gas bike. So anyway, yeah, I think it, I think Italian Volt is going to give, uh, if it gets past the uh, Trump tariffs, It'll give HD a run for its money. Um, Evoke is another motorcycle company. Here's a bunch of motorcycle companies. We think of like Alta and Zero and HD being like some of the only ones, but there's so many out there. And Evoke, how I've been saying, China is going hardcore with the electric themselves, cars, affordable affordable cars and motorcycles. These are super cheap. Like I think I mentioned before, they have a some sort of, uh, electric car that looks like a Mazda three or Mazda five that is would literally be like three thousand US, like very very cheap. I don't know how many uh, Chinese denarii that is, but I'm um, just saying, like in US monies, the big model was like seven thousand bucks. That's cheaper than a friggin' YZ two fifty um, race bike, like you know, off a showroom floor. So those are like eight thousand bucks now to get your kid out on the track. Um, and get them electric five-seater car, so hatchback, hot hatch from China. So the Urban S from Evoke, um, there's a little a review. I was reading about it, and I've been reading a lot about Evoke motorcycles because I, uh, f- I'm following someone on LinkedIn. I've been mentioning LinkedIn so much recently, and I just it's opened my eyes to what's been out there and what is out there in the world. And uh, the news that people are talking about, as we're talking about slumping sales here in the U.S., everybody else is talking about the crazy stuff that's coming online and these other from other countries and in other countries. So one of the other bikes I wanted to talk about was the Saralea. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not. I'm probably screwing that up. But they, uh, it's been competing in the Isle of Man. It's the Manx 7. Uh, aptly named for the Alaman. And dude, this bike is going to be, I think they say the first one was built um, an SP7 in 2014. And you got to see this thing. This thing, the, I mean, all electric bikes kind of have a clunky battery just because it's not an ice bike. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't quite look exactly the same except for the Altas, which I mean, depends on, on what configuration you're running. But when you try to throw a big, 
big motor and big battery. Like they have a 120 kilowatt uh, DC brushless air cooled motor in this thing. And it creates 450 newton meters at the crank. I'm sorry, this is not in foot pounds for you, um, SAE people, but this is, uh, yeah, it's a whole lot of torque that this thing delivers. And um, it says it's got a 330 kilometer range, which is pretty dang good. And it's got a 400 volt energy energy dense battery system available in 14 and 18 and 22 kilowatt ranges which you remember the zero we talked about them and they have like uh like 9 11 and 14 so they these guys start at 14 so yeah it's pretty crazy and uh it's got 17s like Wiggins is always saying 17s is the way to go so this is a proper sport bike and it's raced in the TT zero at uh uh, this fourth time, and now this Manx um, 7 edition is going to be out. The thing is, is, just like every other electric bike, aside from looking a little bit clunky in the midsection, it looks terrible in the price tag. And this thing is uh, for the 48, I'm sorry, for the um, the 22 kilowatt hour, 48,000 pounds. 48,000 pounds. That's like 52,000 US and uh, 942,000 Canadian. And in Mexico, I don't even think they make the peso big enough. You would just have to have like a giant fake peso to represent how much that would cost. Like this thing is nuts. Um, So I was like, well, down with that one. But there are other things. The Schwalb Geovex, they have this thing called the Schwalb. And uh, it's a little scooter. Looks pretty sweet. I got to say, it kind of looks like a Honda Dream or a Vespa or some 80s Italian um, scooter. Like, it looks really cool. It's got, like, a pressed steel frame. Well, it looks like it's a pressed steel, but it's probably probably plastic or uh, uh, riveted sheet metal or something. But it comes in, like, a whole bunch of different color combinations that look pretty sweet. And it's an electric, you know, so that's pretty cool. And um, it says fastest production Got to tell you, not that fast. The uh, This Colt two-wheeler, um, Schwalbe is German for swallow, by the way. So um, I don't know what the spitz is, if that's faster than the Schwalbe. But um, a top speed of 90 kilometers an hour, which I think is like 70, uh, 65, 70, 75, somewhere around there, and a range of up to 90 kilometers. So if you're into kilometers and stuff, you ought to be like, yeah, this scooter's rad. So another thing coming out of Brazil, uh, of all places, is um, Electro Motors, and they got a really crummy-looking bike. And it's actually funny the way they did this one. Um, They did. They have some cool scooters and mopeds, and actually they're not mopeds because, oh, yeah, they do have pedals, so I guess they technically are mopeds. And they look totally legit and traditional, except for the fact that they are electric. Well, they also got this little one that kind of looks like they don't make this bike anymore, but it's the... Suzuki GW250F was that the one that had no fairing maybe it was just the GW250 and what they actually did with this uh, this bike I mean I think this one only is about uh, they don't get the specs on it but I think this one's probably like a 50 like basically the same power as 50 but it looks like a 125 or 250 motorcycle it's got wavy brakes got some pretty cool looking tires it looks the styling of it like i said kind of halfway between the gw250 and halfway between the super duke 125 that you can only find in europe and they actually took the motor and the battery and they housed it inside of something that looks like an ice bike engine and i thought that was pretty crazy and then the rear instead of having a chain drive the um i think that the they could get away with having the motor and everything look like that and not look so clunky like the saralea manx um and all the other crazy one like the uh, even the italian volt you know the motors and batteries were pretty big and bulky on those and uh, likewise with the live wire this one i think it's just the battery that hides out there and the Electro uh, VIP Rider is one of them. And what's the other one called? The the, um, the Sport Power. And it's uh, I think it's just the battery because the motor is in the rear hub. It's got this huge rear hub with uh, no chain or anything, which means that that's how it's driven. And the only thing back there is a brake. So that's another way to deliver power. Uh, usually I think those ones don't have the best um, speed or 
you know, I'm not 100% sure. I think there's a reason why legit motorcycle manufacturers that are trying to get some speed don't use a hub drive. And it's, I think it's because of, um, you just can't get the speed out of a hub drive that you can with a chain and, uh, get the, all the reduction and all that great stuff. So I think these are probably around a 50 CC, maybe 125 CC power delivery, but Hey, Brazil, they've been, Brazil has been doing crazy stuff from all alcohol motors. Like I remember where there was some, uh, I used to be into Volkswagens and water cooled and, and air cooled and the water cooled ones that I was seeing coming out of Brazil, the rally cars and stuff were full, like full alcohol motors and downdraft, really weird stuff. There was like these weird pancake motors that were stuffed into the body of regular U S cars. You know, they just totally redid the, uh, the front, uh, like subframe and cross members and stuff was just a little different. They had these wacky, like air cooled alcohol burning motors in there. And, uh, yeah, it worked. So they've been doing, they've been trying to be alternative fuel for quite a long time at the expense of the uh, rainforest and the rainforest tribes and animals. But, uh, go back to the beginning of this episode, but anyway, yeah, uh, now they're, they're getting into electric. And so we'll see, um, something else, Energica, we already know about Energica. They are also here in the States, but they are also the dedicated Moto E, uh, company. And these bikes actually look pretty sweet, but again, uh, 58 bajillion dollars. I think Chris and I talked about these a while back and they're like 50,000 bucks. Um, Bronco bikes, uh, at Ciclavia San Antonio. Now we're probably going to be talking about some two wheel electric action here coming up because, uh, more and more And this jerkwad has a Thundercats, uh, belt on. He's got the Thundercats logo on his belt. I just noticed that. Um, but there's like a lot of cool stuff coming up like Estonia. They have this, uh, company called chop electric, um, Bronco bikes. I'm not 100% sure where Bronco is, but I think they might be out of uh, the United States. Then, of course, there's this thing, the Yohammer uh, in Paris. And Yohammers are from the Netherlands, I believe. Yohammer, by the way, one of the most disgusting bikes you'll ever see. It kind of looks like that snail from the never-ending story that that guy rode, the turbo snail. But also, if you're going to have a bike called the Yohammer, you need to have a bike called the please don't hurt him or don't hurt him. So you can say, yo hammer, don't hurt him, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. And then the, uh, the free ride EXC has been around from KTM for a number of years and Alter redshift EX, a direct competitor to that. Um, yeah, lots of crap in this, uh, rag and I'll tell you what this rag is called and I'll tell you where I got this info from. I got this info from, uh, LinkedIn, like I said, I've been reading that prolifically, getting all this news on all these crazy uh, manufacturers coming out. And I found one place where you can go get all, all these bikes I've been talking about. If you go to electricmotorcycles.news, uh, each one of these was in, I read all these articles and then I was like, Oh wow. Wow. There's there, here's one rag with all these <laughs> brands in it and all these representatives, people that uh, I've been reading from their individual posts is all wrapped up here in one place. So if you're into electrics, you're into the future of motorcycling, uh, check it out. Go to electricmotorcycles.news and check out some of the stuff on there. The one thing this magazine doesn't have is a lot of technology, but it does have reviews and, and first bike reviews and, and pictures and, and reveals and stuff like that. But it doesn't go over a lot of the like electric technology or charging technology or as far as I've seen what the future holds. But it's got some pretty cool stuff. One of the cooler articles on there was Moto E. I thought that that was Energica's um, Enel Moto E or whatever. You know, we're, we've talked about it before. Um, after uh, IMS last year, the Energica, uh, the Ego is going to be the official model of the Moto E blah, blah, blah cup, whatever it was, the Moto E Infinel cup or whatever. But it looks here, like if you go to MotoE.com, or I'm sorry, MotoERacing.com, there's all sorts of stuff. They're, they want all sorts of innovators and racers to get in. And their cups, they're, it's it's like uh, inspired by the TTX GP. And I think you actually win that cup that, that was uh, made for the original TTX GP at the Isle of Man uh, in what, like 2000 nine or something like that. 
And um, so, yeah, like almost a decade ago. And it looks like there is tons of like tons of classes for you to get into and race. And you might even be racing against gas bikes to see where you fall. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy. So they have stuff like that on there. Like I said, some bicycle stuff, but I've seen, seen some stuff. I seen where you can charge these things in the future and it looks great. (laughs) And it's only going to take about 12 minutes, um, to charge a motorcycle. So yeah, it's interesting. I had a lot of, a lot of fun on my last uh, trip. What was that? Oh my god, aliens! Alright, and now for something completely different. I said that we would talk about uh, Brian Honeycutt. I have in my notes that Brian Honeycutt won something or other this last weekend. I think he raced at the uh, Supermoto class and some... Uh, I don't know, studly dudes, uh, little 300 or 400 class. And I think he won both classes by damn, be damn it all. So yeah, Brian Honeycutt, I was just mentioning it because he posted it up on our Facebook page. And if you want to throw something up there on the page, be happy, be my guest, throw something great up there, throw a picture of cupcakes getting a burnout done on them by you and your favorite motorcycle. Um, or don't, but whatever post him up there and I'm going to talk, I want to talk to Brian. I think he's going to be racing at the, uh, the, the, whatever the hooligan thing is, it's coming up on the 18th at the San Francisco pier, um, where the hooligans race around the pier and then drive eventually off the pier. If you saw Roland Sands drive, drive the Indian off the stage at last year's Sturgis, I think they're going to do that into the pier this year on one. Um, and so, yeah, it looks kind of cool. It's like a hooligan throwdown, but it's going to have all sorts of classes. I think he's going to be racing his supermoto class there. So check that out if you're up in the San Francisco area. It's going to be called the race on the pier place thing. Hey, real quick, before I get into the next thing I want to talk about, which is going to be racing, uh, I wanted to tell you there's a new V5 coming out. Well, I think a V5 Superbike coming out by Mondial. You ever heard of Mondial? I'm not talking about Mondial that was the famous for the little bikes back in the 50s, clinching, oh, about 10 world titles. But instead, this is Mondial Moto, who is, uh, I think they're based out of Italy, and uh, or somewhere like somewhere in the UK, maybe it's uh, all across the UK. Maybe they're backed by Russia, uh, but anyway, it's um, actually it's backed by ex Ferrari and Mercedes engineer Antonio Matarolo, which means kill the Roly. And um, yeah, it says they're gonna they're planning on making a VR5, uh, which would be the first of its kind in a street motorcycle. Honda had a V5, uh, but that was uh, MotoGP the RC211V V5 race bike. Um, and basically, they're going to try and put a V5 with a uh, bank angle of 75.5 degrees, three cylinders forward, two backwards, and the exhaust pipe shooting straight out into your face as the rider. Um, it's going to be around 1,000 cc, uh, 2,000 horsepower, uh, 200 horsepower, $2,000 a month probably to buy it. And... The renderings, I mean, they're all renderings. Everything nowadays is rendering. This ain't a real bike, but it's got like a monocoque chassis, and it looks like it's, uh, I don't know. If you can think of like an Aprilia styling, it's not an ugly. I mean, sometimes car makers, like the guys, the Ferrari designers designed that one weird sports bike. I forget the name of it now. Um, look pretty crappy, and this one actually looks pretty good, so... Yeah, B5, baby. All right, now to what I was going to be talking about. Let me get back to that red rock riff. That ain't a rock riff. Hey there, this is patron Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions. I'm currently coming at you from Tokyo, and you're listening to the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, probably because you ran out of all the other podcasts to listen to, and you really dig motorcycle haiku. Later. Hey, if you're interested in becoming a patron, head over to www.patreon.com 
forward slash creative writing. There you can choose about four different levels of participation from $1 a month all the way up to $150 a month if you're one crazy mofo. Plus, there's going to be some patron-only content coming out soon. And depending on how you sign up, you can get some cool stickers or a cool CD from yours truly. And you always get a letter signed and kissed by me, Junkie Turdman. Check it out, patreon.com forward slash creative writing. I don't know, I grew up in the Midwest. One thing I think that needs to come up, and it's not really discussed much, is miles per kilowatt hour, if I'm saying that right. It's got a 34, 35-gallon tank. Wiggling Wiggins? It does. And we miss you, bud. Can't wait to have you back in studio in four weeks' time. (laughs) Just kidding. All right, everybody. Listen, I wanted to get to some flat track racing because we've been, again, tardy and truant on our uh, flat track news. And so I wanted to tell you a little bit about what's been happening. Uh, Of course, we know Sturgis has been happening. And it's like a 14-day party for uh, motorcyclists started by the Jack Pine Gypsies way back in 1900 and was there a bad connection there oh boy i think it was 38 guys i'm not gonna be too crazy but yeah jack pine gypsies and they started with like a little race and that's how flat tracking began at sturgis they just wanted to have a little fun and that's how the sleepy town of sturgis with 47 people and 93 buffalo hashtag bison uh, began as one of America's craziest motorcycle destinations and bucket list adventures. Now, uh, Harley Davidson, Black Hills, uh, HM, which is half mile, <laughs> presented by Law Tigers, uh, motorcycle lawyers. That um, went down, and I'm going to tell you exactly what happened before that, actually. We're going to go to the Buffalo Chip TT. Now, this happened on August 5th. And this was uh, presented by Indian Motorcycle, not Harley-Davidson. Um, but, yeah, the, the Buffalo Chip TT um, happened at the Buffalo Chip in Sturgis, August 5th. And the uh, rider who took the number one spot was Jake the Scorpion Johnson. I know they call him Jersey Jake Johnson, but if you watched back in that crash, oh, I'm going to say about six weeks ago, when uh, Steve Bonzi went airborne for the fences, Jake Johnson Benton like a pretzel. Maybe I'll call him Pretzel Johnson. Anyway, he is obviously back feeling a lot better and uh, back in form because he took his Indian Scout FTR 750 to the win, followed by less than a second, actually 999. How terribly would you have wanted it to be like a thousandth of a second faster just to say uh, Jared Meese was a second behind you? But he came in on his uh, Indian motorcycle, Rogers Racing SDI, Hernley's. Indian Motu Alpine Starts National Flat Track Association American uh, whatever it is all these sponsors Jared Meese so yeah he came in second and Sammy Halbert baby came in uh, just a little bit behind that Uh, he had a gap of 124 uh, 124 thousandths of a second behind Jared Meese so he was also pretty close so the podium with Johnson Meese and Halbert was pretty rad uh, I think Halbert is the first one to put a factory Harley on the podium this year don't quote me on that because I really haven't been paying that great of attention to the AFT uh, I've been paying more attention to the hooliganese and we'll get to that in a minute but uh, Hayden Gillum and Bronson Bauman Briar's uh, cute faced little brother uh came in fifth with wiles rush coast Coolbeth, and vandekoy rounding out the top 10 briar bauman i'm not sure if he had a mechanical or not because he only did 24 laps uh and he was way down there uh 33 seconds out of the lead it looks like no that was his fastest lap was 33 uh he was one lap down and he only captured four points. So it uh, sounds like a mechanical. Maybe there was a crash. I didn't get to see it. And Carver again. I don't know, man. Carver 23rd next to James Monaco and Davis Fisher. So I'm guessing something happened with those guys. They didn't make it all the way around uh, the uh, Buffalo Chip TT. And last year we saw the TT basically a uh, game of attrition. 
In the singles, we had a mixed bag of dudes I never even heard of before. Um, yeah, not even not even familiar with who these guys are. So the singles, we had uh, first place Ryan Sipes. Actually, I've heard of Ryan Sipes. I forget if he's a motocrosser or a road racer, but uh, he took a first place on a Husky FC 450. I think that's the only the second person to take first place on a or to podium on a Husky. Uh, Shane and Texture being the other one. Uh, second place, Jacob Lehman. I'm not sure I've heard of him before. And number three, Cole Fredrickson. Well, number 73, Cole Fredrickson coming in on third on uh, the podium there. Followed by, I'm pretty sure he's still points leader, Dan Bromley. Uh, Jesse Janish in fifth. Colby Carlisle, sixth. Ryan Wells in seventh. Max Whale in eighth. Dawson Schieffer in ninth. And Brandon Price in tenth. Uh, some familiar faces and names. Oliver Brindley and Andy Debrino in 11th and 12th. And uh, yes, we know uh, Debrino. He's a very established uh, road racer, mostly in Oregon. And he's one of the hooligans. He races hooligan and races a little bit of motocross and stuff like that. So he's a pretty talented dude and making his debut this year in the singles class. So, pardon me. Uh, I've heard Jacob Lehman's name before. Cole Fredrickson barely rings a bell, but uh, on the TT, I was really surprised to see these guys' names. And uh, I did want to get into some of the stuff that happened also at the chip. Uh, basically, the um, who should we call it? The hooligans. Hooligans had a lot of racing at the, at the chip, but uh, that's not the only thing that happened during the Sturgis. Uh, festivities also the black hills half mile happened and at black hills jared meese uh came in first followed by jeffrey carver jr and brian smith in third so it's good to see brian smith back on the podium again he was one of my favorite racers uh for a long time him and Coolbeth, um back when he was still on his kawasaki one of my faves and um you know to see him getting back up on the podium for it's been a hot second i think and then Briar Bauman in fourth, Kenny Coolbeth Jr. in fifth, Bronson Bauman in sixth, Davis Fisher in seventh, Robbie Pearson in eighth, Chad Coast ninth, and Jake Shoemaker in tenth. So Henry Wiles, Mr. TT, did not even appear to have been at the uh, Buffalo Chip TT, which I wonder what happened. I wonder if too much protesting because of his last year victory on what, what people were saying was a DTX bike. Um, I'm not 100% sure. That's uh, interesting. Ought to be an interesting question with the Peoria TT coming up, uh, why he didn't do so good at the Buffalo Chip. Uh, so, also taking place, um, the Black Hills Half Mile, and the singles, our own Shana Texter. By our own, I mean Pennsylvania's own. <laughs> I don't even know her, I never even met her. But uh, she took first on her Husky FC 450, so uh, the Sturgis Week Husky on the podium twice in first place. Followed in second by Ryan Wells. Third by uh, was Dan Bromley. Fourth was Corey Texter. So she keeps edging out bro here on these, uh, <clears throat> on the half miles and miles. Fifth place, Morgan Mishler. Sixth place, Jacob Lehman. Seventh, Colby Carlisle. Eighth, Tanner Dean. Ninth, Brandon Price. And tenth, Tristan Avery. So all of these names, Kevin Stallings and uh, coming in there, Cole Fredrickson. There he is again in 12th. So uh, I guess they're get really ready to hear these names. Uh, all, you know, names like Oliver Brindley and Debrino. Those guys apparently didn't even make the main for the half mile, but they're for the TT. So in the singles class, I like how it gets mixed up and we don't really know who was who. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's so such a diverse class and the racing's diverse. Just like reminds me a lot of like Moto3. Uh, the Harley Hooligans also raced the Black Hills half mile. Now there was also a tracker cross and they also did a roll in sands round at the chip. We'll get into those, but uh, they actually list them for the, uh, the Black Hills half mile. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, list them off. First place, Tyler Behrman. Second place, Benjamin Carlson or Benny Carlson. And uh, if you if you uh, already knew racing, uh, number three, Joy Robinson. Fourth is Guy Lafleur, which sounds like a uh, a made up name for a Japanese game show host. Guy Lafleur. Uh, fifth place was Jordan Haupt. Eighth was Rick Ginther. Ninth, Brendan Foley. Eighth, Jason Rogers. Uh, ninth, Kirk, AJ Kirkpatrick. Tenth, Jake Smith. 
11th was Randy Berriman. So I wonder if that is uh, Tyler's bro or cousin or husband. Who knows? And 12th was Robbie Madison. And I think we all know who Robbie Madison is. And so that rounds out the uh, the top 25 of the... How many was that? 11 or 12? That was 12. That rounds out half of 25 and a half of uh, the uh, Black Hills Half Mile presented by the Law Tigers. It's kind of cool to see Harley Hooligans. They had an eight-lap main. Can you believe it? Eight laps. These guys on the Hooligan bikes are not only on underpowered, overweighted bikes uh, wrestling those things around way more than the the pros are on their slim and trim you know race bikes that are cut down and light as possible but uh, also running like a half the amount of laps or a third uh, of laps and so really interesting to see how much ground you have to gain and how, what a good start you have to get you know and if you're going to nail a pass or if there's a spot to pass you really got to go for it because otherwise man there's no way there's no way you're going to be like waiting for the last corner to make your move unless you're already on the guy's tire for like the five preceding laps. So, which means you only got three to get there. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. The hooligan races definitely, uh, that's why they make for a good spectacle is that they're the hardest raced and they, they're out there for the shortest amount of time banging around on the craziest bikes. Now let me move over to the, uh, the hooligan racing that happened, uh, with the tracker cross and the Buffalo chip TT and all that stuff. There was a hooligan triple crown going down at Sturgis and uh, here's how it went alright I already told you who won at the uh, Black Hills half mile it was Berriman somebody won the Rolling Sands event who knows who and uh, I don't know who won the track across at the Full Throttle Saloon but uh, they had it there all I do know is for sure that Andy Debrino is in first place in the uh, Rolling Sands 2018 series leaders. Andy Debrino's in first place with 111 and a half points. Don't ask me how that happens. I think one is for a half point added for style. Uh, Jordan Baber is coming in second with 83 points. Jordan Graham in third with 69 points. And Brad Spencer sitting in fourth with 65 points. Followed by Joe Cop, Jimmy Hill, Frankie Garcia, Mikey Hill, and uh, AJ Kirkpatrick and Tyler Behrman. Rounding out the top 10. Uh, a few, you know, Mikey Hill, he's on his uh, Rusty Butcher uh, buddy, you know, back Sportster. And Frankie Garcia on a Ducati Scrambler. Joe Cop on a Triumph. He's also raced uh, Indian. And Andy Debrino on an XG750. So I think he's been out on Indian too. I think it just depends. So cool, cool. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's your Roland Sands National Hooligan Leaders. Notice Wiggins ain't on this board. He's waiting for the Creative Writing National Fooligan Series. So one day that might happen. Um, all right. Hey, I am, am I done yapping? Let me see what else I have here on the uh, list, on the docket. Talking about a new Harley Davidson. And I'm not talking about the new Harley Davidsons that... Uh, came out in that dumb video but i am talking about the video somebody sent me a picture of a frame by frame on this harley davidson video and there's a bike on there that looks like dyna might be coming back but it might be just be a soft tail dyna i don't know i was really confused but it looks pretty cool and it was turns out it wasn't one of those bikes that they're saying they're gonna i thought it was a v-rod when i watched the video because there's some weird bikes in that they were just like sporties out in the desert they're not the new pan america they never showed the pan america being ridden i don't think uh maybe tested i'm not 100 percent sure but i couldn't tell some of them look like carducci design some of them look like the free holy from Bill Well, and some of them were El Solitario bikes, from what I've read, and uh, all all pretty much Sportsters. Um, none of the new Pan America out there jumping in the desert. And then the bike that I saw that I thought was a V rod apparently may be some some new platform coming out by all those people that uh, scan the video. Uh, frame by frame by frame and then go check the NHTSA website so I'm not going to give too much up because um, I don't want to say what I what I do or do not know because right at this time it's all speculation but there may be a new HD coming out sooner than we think sooner than 2020 or whatever and last but not least uh, like I said Brian Honeycutt posted to our Facebook page something that he won 
And I just want to say, I think he's also going to be at the uh, the Bay Hooligan Bay Shootout. No, it's going to be called the Moto Bay Classic at Pier 32 in San Francisco, August 18th. If you're Miss uh, Jackson, if you're nasty. Also, hey, this coming weekend, if you're hearing my voice right now, you are uh, basically going to be late. If, unless you're driving on your way out to Willow Springs for the Carnival of Speed put on by the Dirty Talker, Brady Walker. We had him on the show a little while ago, and he was saying, yeah, I might have an event in August. Well, dude, it's August. This is like when the Californian was going down back in February or March. It's already August, people. And, uh, yeah, the time is nigh. Uh, I think that means it's like right now, right? And this weekend, Carnival of Speed and Classic Track Bike Day uh, happening at the streets and the big track at Willow. And uh, like I said, the 18th will be uh, the Moto Bay Classic. There's a couple other things happening on the East Coast, and those are Big Cafe Racer Magazine's 11th Annual Reader's Ride-In Bike Show happening at the Selwicky War Memorial Park, Pennsylvania, 10 a.m. August 11th. Also on the 11th, if you're in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, the Vintage Moto Days Show and Swap Meet at Wentz Park Run. That's happening from 10 to 4. Uh, on the 12th, the classic uh, first annual Classic Cycles Motorcycle Gathering at Artie's Bar and Grill in Frenchtown, New Jersey. Not to be uh, confused with Englishtown, New Jersey. Uh, that's going to be happening from 12 to 6. So get over to Artie's Bar and Grill. Check it out. Have some good uh, grub and good beer. Bikes, good friends. Uh, 18th of August, let the good times roll. There's a block party and chopper show with music, vendors, barbecues, beverages, and a pre-party happening on the 17th. The real deal going down on the 18th at 257 Kent Street in Brooklyn. And the 19th of August, the Basket Case presents the fourth annual Splitting Lanes and Dodging Gutters. It's a show happening at the Brooklyn Bowl in Williamsburg. Uh, it's from 12 to 6, so get your booty on the dance floor. And if you're not into that, if you're not into choppers and stuff, if you know Basket Case uh, is all into the uh, custom bikes and choppers, maybe you're going to be into this on the 19th. The British Iron Association of Connecticut is having the 2018 Brit Jam, August uh, Sunday, August 19th, at the... Uh, how do you say this? The... Haddam Neck Fairgrounds? He had him neck, but now we ain't got him neck. Uh, it says it's in East Hampton, Connecticut, uh, 26 Quarry Hill Road. I don't know, Haddam? Haddam Neck Fairgrounds. Whatever it is, get there for some Brit Iron. And uh, happening over here on the West Coast, uh, I guess I should have announced that first, on uh, August 19th, which is a Sunday, Cook's Corner. If you're familiar with Cook's Corner, it's going to be having Ladies Who Ride. Uh, just says Sunday, August 19th. Doesn't really give a time. I guess 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. is the time to get there. Kickstand's up at 9. We're going to go out for a little ride. Uh, there's no fee, but donations are greatly appreciated. Like I said, the Carnival of Speed. I already told you about that one coming up. Put on by the Dirty Talker, Brady Walker, Funky Mo Knocker. Um, also... Uh, it's going to be pretty soon here the end of the month, which means the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet is going to be uh, coming in the last Sunday of every month. We do uh, we do know that there is going to be eventually another uh, SoCal Super Hooligan. Um, I'm sorry, not Super Hooligan. A SoCal Hooligan um, race at Paris. So that'll be pretty sweet. Uh, August 18th, the Harley Davidson of Glendale is having the Sportster Stomp Bike Show and Rodeo. Um, also, on the 18th, uh, OC Harley-Davidson is going to be having a ride out to the Lion Air Museum. And if you want, uh, September 22nd, the end of summer bash is happening at uh, Long Beach BMW. You can win a G310GS. Is that what that is? Yep, it sure is. They're giving away a G310GS at the end of the summer bash. September 22nd, which technically is at the end of summer. I don't know. At any rate, give the old Junkmeister a call or email us at Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast 
uh, at that one email, not that other email. Or you can reach us directly via our Facebook page. Just hit the send email button. If you go to facebook.com uh, forward slash creative writing podcast, you'll find us there. We post up a lot of junk there. We have an Instagram, creative writing podcast. And on the web, creative dash writing or hit us up at Gmail. Ask Wigs anything at askwigs, A-S-K-W-I-G-G-Z at gmail.com. Ask him what's the best uh, temperature to eat. What's that tomato soup that you only eat when it's uh, gazpacho, gastropo, something like that? What's the best temperature to eat that stuff at? The soup and the ambient air temperature. Uh, ask him what ambient means. Ask him what the tool steel is that he uses to make his field initiative knives. Uh, you know, he's down for whatever you want to ask. It's interesting. Uh, if it's bike related, hell, maybe I could even jump in on and help you a little bit. If you have a state or a town that you want to know, if you heard our last week's Virginia is for Dovers uh, history lesson that I gave, email me at creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. And bike-related stuff, uh, pics you want me to share, events you want me to share, any, any of that cool stuff, and uh, I'll answer them there. Or you can email me there or leave a private message in our uh, Facebook page or a DM on Instagram or a CM on Crimstagram. You know what I'm saying? That's a secret one I just made up that you'll have to be a member to find out. Um, or go to Patreon and leave me a message there. And uh, yeah, you want me to make up some history about the place that you love, or maybe the bike that you have, go for it. You can also send us pictures of your bikes for us to roast via the Roast My Bike segment. And Brian Honeycutt has two bikes in queue right now, or at least one of them we're going to pick. But Wiggs hasn't been around for me to roast with, so and I'm not doing it by myself. I know the consequences of doing that. You know, it's hard enough to do it with two of us. If I did it by myself, the bike would kick my ass. So, yeah, hopefully you have a good week, and we're going to cut this one a little short without wigs here to blab for another hour. Uh, I have nothing more to talk about. Um, All right, everybody, peace and grease. Hopefully it's not uh, 105 degrees where you are, and hopefully you're not jet-lagged. If you want to become a patron, I'll be doing some history lessons. Listen to the beginning of this episode. It won't be like that. It won't be down on the places I go or the places I went, but it will be a little bit of history stuff. I do want to do that for our our patron members. Do like some, we'll pull them from the junk pile. Um, Yeah, we'll get some some little history episodes and stuff like that up there for you guys. I'm doing some research on one right now that I want to do. So you'd have to become a patron to hear that. And if the patrons vote that it's okay for you to hear it, I may post it at a later date. All right, everybody. Shroup it and rap it. Bye.